Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Hey, right back at it. The Knicks win. 109-105. I ain't no Knicks fan, but I'm also not a Knicks hater. Keith McPherson, KM to AM, inside the 10 o'clock hour, and that was impressive. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say about it. Jalen Brunson is the point guard you dreamed of. He's ridiculous. He's got that winning time mentality, that clutch gene. Will not be stopped from all those days in the park with his dad and his dad drilling things into him, like, keep going, run shoot, go faster. (laughs) Man, that was impressive. Down down the stretch, you just knew that the garden was behind them. You hear me talk about that air in the garden. There's just different air that they pump in there. I know you guys know what I'm talking about if you go to games in the garden. It's like, it's just a different kind of air conditioning system they have in there. And I don't know, it gets in your lungs. The fans were all on their feet. And it was like, okay, we're down. Three pieces of our rotation, two starters and a bench guy. So what? We're going to win. We're in our building. Nine in a row is on the line. And you're going to have to kill us to beat us. They hustled harder than them. They out-rebounded them. They out... I'm, I'm impressed, man. Take the Knicks name off the jersey, New York off the jersey. Just watch the basketball of it. If you are a Knicks hater, I don't understand how you can hate on what these young guys are doing, specifically those three guys from Villanova. Like, that is the core of the Knicks right now, and they didn't draft not one of them. (laughs) 877-337-6666. Coming up in about an hour, my Casamigos big shot of the night. And, I mean, there's a couple guys that could get this award, but there's only one guy that's going to get the uh, big shot of the night. He dropped 40. He dropped 40, and it wasn't a good shooting night. For him from distance, right? He only knocked down one of his six threes. He shot 16% from deep. But he kept getting to the free throw line, and he kept coming, man. He kept applying pressure, and he know he knows. Like, Jalen Brunson knows on nights like this, I got to be the guy. There was a point in this game where I was like, hey, Miles McBride, stop shooting. Like, some of you guys should not be shooting the ball. There's like three guys that should be shooting the ball right now. And the Knicks get it done. It's super impressive. I can't hate on it. Knicks fans, call me up. Tell me how you feel, and uh, we'll weigh in on that. If you guys are just tuning in to the show, we started off with the Jets conversation and the article in The Athletic. I had Zach Rosenblatt on with me who wrote the article on Aaron Rodgers, Rob Sala, and how the Jets' season fell apart, saying something has to change. Little things are changing now, but ultimately they're running it back because Aaron Rodgers said so. An hour after I had Zach on, we had Joe Vardon on to talk about the league and the perception around the Knicks and 
Everybody believes in New York, but I don't know if the league believes yet. They're putting the league on notice, though, and that's a big message they just sent tonight. In the midst of talking about the Jets and the Knicks, the Baltimore Orioles, who are under new ownership, literally just sold the franchise two days ago. They're not wasting any time. Cal Ripken is a part of this new ownership. There are two other random billionaires that nobody knows, but they are not wasting time. They make a trade for former NL Cy Young winner Corbin Burns tonight. And I think that shook the baseball world. I know Yankee fans are definitely shook. So 877-337-6666. Let's take a couple calls on the Knicks before I bring in Eric Slater to talk Nets. Easy E out on Long Island. You got it, Easy. All right, here we go, buddy. Um, I'm glad the Knicks won. I'm a big Knicks fan. I love them. I think they're a great team this year. Uh, Randall's not going to play in the All-Star game, but he, he deserves the nominee, which he did. Brunson's going to be in the All-Star game, which is great. Uh, they didn't hit a lot of three-pointers tonight, but they won the game. And I just want to bring out a question. Um, maybe we could get a nickname for Brunson, and I would like to say we could call him Mr. Automatic. What do you and your callers think about that phrase? Mr. Automatic. He missed too many shots from three to be Mr. Automatic tonight. <laughs> well, he's good in the field. He does hit a lot of field goals. No, nah, but he's, he's, for, and, he's, and he's a good dog, in the clutch, man. So. He's like he's like a mighty mouse type. I was thinking about. I'm like, what do they call this guy? He like he's small. He's, he's great, but he's he polished. Grimes was out, and uh, DiFrancenzo. I think he's good from three. When Brunson's not shooting it, it's we we got an all around good good uh, team over here. We can do whatever we want on any day of the night. Yeah, thanks for the call, Easy. Uh, I guess. His nickname is A1. I just Googled it. Jalen Brunson's nickname explained. Now it's Jalen A1 Brunson. The A1 moniker has, hasn't become quite the basketball reference official yet, but it has caught on among some Knicks fans and was the Instagram caption center Isaiah Hartenstein chose for a photo of him. I mean, the guy is A1. That performance tonight, like that's a performance that makes Knicks fans absolutely love you. That's a performance... Tonight, that embodies the city. How much have you heard me talk about when are we going to get a team that represents us? When are we going to get a team that mirrors the hustle, the drive, the work ethic of New Yorkers? I mean, that guy did nothing but hustle tonight. And the Knicks, as a unit, closed out the Pacers. And they're shook right now. <laughs> the Pacers are like, well, damn, if, if that's who we see in the playoffs and we have to deal with Julius Randle and OG, there were parts in that fourth quarter I'm like, see, here you need Julius Randle's rebounding. You need Julius Randle's scoring. No, they don't. They did it with who they have. James is in Fairfield, Connecticut. James, you got it. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? I'm good, man. Happy to uh, be here. Feeling a little better now. I love the energy of your show. I, I was uh, listening to you on the way up to uh, Mohegan Sun and then a bit on the way back as well. Uh, just pulled into my driveway. Longtime Knicks fan, 61 years old this month. Or actually, last month. It's February now. So I've been through the ups and downs through the years. And what really struck me about this game tonight was, remember the 90s Knicks teams? They would lock teams down in the second half. And all the good defensive teams of the 90s would do that. They would, If a team scored 55 or whatever in the first half, they would, they would be lucky to get 40, 45 in the second half. They, would just, they wouldn't allow it. How many did the Pacers have at halftime today? Any idea? I think it was 68 uh, at half. I can double-check that. Um, I mean, that, that speaks to the coaching. 
and the, and the commitment of the players to the defense. And, you know, I listened this afternoon. Or, uh, to the, yeah. Yeah, I listened to the afternoon show. And, yeah, the, the head hater was, you know, ragging on the Knicks per usual. Uh, you know, Evan, he likes to rag on the Knicks. And, uh, you know, the other two guys were coming to the Knicks uh, defense. Um, I think Tiki's kind of neutral on that. But, um, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, it's still only February. There could be other injuries. There could be trades that are we don't know about. I think we just have to live in the moment as Knicks fans and just enjoy the journey. I, I don't think you can project because, you know, a, a, another team could get hot. Um, you know, the Celtics aren't showing me much, nor the Bucks, And I think the Sixers are in trouble if, if Embiid is going to be hurt long-term. So the Knicks, I think the East is wide open. It's, it's, it's not a guaranteed Milwaukee or Celtics uh, cakewalk. That was proven last year. And Milwaukee's on their third coach in 12 months. So what kind of a stability do they have? And it's Doc Rivers. Thanks for the call, James. Just want to get in a couple more calls as Knicks fans are uh, leaving the arena. Knicks fans are uh, calling in after watching the game. And you guys got it, man. Augie's in Matawan, New Jersey on the fam. What's up, man? You got it. How you doing, Vaughn? Good, good. Listen, I'm 60 years old, and I've been through suffering for these Knicks. But I'm telling you, they... They play great team defense. You got to give it to them. I remember when Ewing. We, we're playing great. We're playing great. The team defense is the key. Yeah, in an NBA where guys rest, in an NBA where teams fold because just they don't have their starters, the Knicks are not taking any excuse. I, I can tell that they want this win streak to continue. I can tell they also want to continue stacking wins. They know where they are in the standings, and they know how important it is with the seeding. If they can secure the number two seed and meet the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but that's what we're supposed to do yes, here. That's yes, the point of all yes. this. Thank you for the time of the call. Charlie's in Massapequa next up on the fan. Go for it, Charlie. Yo, Keith, how you doing? Good, man. Holding it down. How are you? Uh, I'm uh, thrilled right now. I could not believe that win. I feel like the Knicks have the refs against them the whole game. That eye poke against Brunson, and that was ridiculous. But what a win. I mean, this team just does not quit. Three starters out, playing against the highest-scoring team in the league, still beating them. The garden was rocking. It's unbelievable. I don't even know what the team should do with the deadline. I guess... Maybe look for a Brogdon, look for another defensive piece off the bench. But, I mean, what a win. Nine straight. Keep it going. Yeah, it's amazing. Thanks for the call, Charlie. I, I just think, like, how do you not make a move? How do you not go ahead and just add somebody? Just for I don't think it can, I don't think it can hurt. I think you clearly know who your leaders are, who you can rely on. The Knicks beat the Pacers. They beat the Jazz. They beat the Hornets. They beat the Heat. They beat the Nuggets. They beat the Nets. They beat the Raptors. They beat the Wizards. They beat the Rockets. That's nine games. It's a nine-game win streak. When you look at the standings now, <laughs> like you start to look at the Bucks and their new coach and what they're doing every night. You just passed the 76ers, and you want to keep the Cavs off your heels, and here comes LeBron, AD, and the Lakers. You could definitely beat them. OG got to come back for that game. But, man, like... Just this quickly, man. <laughs> Emmanuel, quickly. The Knicks are looking like the best team in the NBA. Like they found something with this group. And uh, I can't hate on it, man. We're about to get Eric Slater on the fan. Uh, my guy, Eric Slater, 
Uh, I'm, I'm excited to have him on. He's a Syracuse guy. He's also a guy that covers the Nets, but I know he can talk hoops. I know he can talk all basketball, and we'll talk Nets. We'll also talk Knicks. Knicks fans, you got it. We're not going to turn this into a talking Nets episode, um, but he's a Brooklyn Nets beat reporter for Clutch Points, and he has a Nets podcast himself. So what we're going to talk about is obviously the state of the Nets in New York basketball, and we share this city. We share the radio station. We share the uh, online space, and, you know, one doesn't exist without the other. I, I said part of the run for the Knicks right now that Knicks fans are enjoying is that they're not looking over at Brooklyn anymore. There are no superstars in Brooklyn dominating, winning games, stealing national headlines. It's like, wow, all this right in the world for the Knicks fan in New York. So let's bring in Eric Slater. We got to take a quick break. This is Keith McPherson on The Fan. We'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Not wasting any time, no time left to waste. Keith McPherson on the fan bringing in right now my guy Eric Slater who covers the Brooklyn Nets. For clutch points, and we know Knicks fans, that's a big game, a big win, a big winning streak. MVP Jalen Brunson, but this was a scheduled interview. And the first thing I want to ask, Eric, welcome in. Did you grow up rooting for the Knicks? Did you grow up rooting for the Nets? Like, who were you a fan of? I'm a Jersey guy, man. You know, I grew up with, I grew up an endangered species rooting for the Nets, even in New Jersey. But it's it's been Nets my whole life. Good, good. Perfectly fine. That's <laughs> same with me. <laughs> when we did the uh, pod or the radio show when you were at Syracuse and you had me on what was that for I don't even remember I was like trying to search my email and see how that even came about yeah I was hosting a, a podcast for my own blog called the Nets Report I did that the end of high school through college and then uh, got hired by Clutch Points to cover the team so doing my own podcast now for the Believe Network called Believe in Nets but that was my own thing back in the day yeah we definitely got to get you on talking Nets and I'm down to Jump on your show as well. I've seen you guys building on YouTube. It's hard to do, but man, keep keep going, keep pushing. Uh, I remember you being like in your dorm or whatever um, on Zoom when we talk. So I'm proud of you. First off, uh, second off, man, what is going on with the Nets? I'll, I'll give you credit when you are interviewing. When you were asking questions, you asked the questions I feel like fans want to hear. I feel like you don't half step and you get right to it. And I mean, it's been a rough season, but like. <laughs> What are you thinking? Like, what's one of the things that you you've taken out of being a, a journalist, a reporter covering the Nets this year, the first year after the whole KD Kyrie era? I've taken away, you know, a lot of things. One of them is Kevin Durant coming back into town, seeing, you know, what the Nets lost. That was a little bit of a gut punch. And then you look across the river tonight at the Knicks, 
And, you know, when Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving came to the team, you know, all those years ago, they, you know, Nets fans were riding high. You know, they got him over the Knicks. It was supposed to be their time. That obviously goes down in flames. And the Knicks quietly behind the scenes build their team up without any of the flashy names. And now they're looking like one of the best teams in basketball right now. So, you know, it's it's not a great time for the Nets right now. They still have some assets. They still have some routes that they can go. But, you know, they're looking at a pretty uncertain situation compared to what you would have thought a few years ago. Yo, KD, don't you regret not coming to the Knicks? Bing bong. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's crazy how quick all of these things happen. It's crazy how things change, you know, different players, different teams. And this is the NBA. And that's something I was saying. And, and yesterday, my take, it, it keeps on taking. I'm like, I had more of a problem with the New Jersey Nets leaving New Jersey than KD leaving the Brooklyn Nets because I knew he was going to follow Kyrie. And I think the Knicks fans dodged a bullet with that whole era because now here we are as Nets fans. It's miserable. And I've been saying it goes hand in hand with the universe and the basketball gods and the NBA that, of course, the Knicks are on this nine-game winning streak. They have the right team, the right chemistry with guys that they didn't draft, but they didn't chase the superstars they didn't chase the KD Kyrie stuff. They didn't have to deal with those guys or any other guys. They took, you know, the guys that wanted them. Julius Randle wanted to be a Nick. And Jalen Brunson wanted to be a Nick. And now, when you look across the river, there's a one guy that I don't think they're going to trade him. But Mikael Bridges, you know, he's the missing piece. He's the last infinity infinity stone for the uh, you know, Villanova Wildcat Knicks. Tell us more about this whole thing that we read over the last couple days with the Houston Rockets offering some of the picks back for Mikael Bridges. I, I say Brooklyn Bridges is locked in. He goes nowhere. But I would love to see the Nets kind of like swallow their pride and go get some of what they lost. Yeah, so the, the reporting on that is, you know, the Rockets called. They're looking to acquire a star, looking to get aggressive. And they offered several of the Nets picks from the James Harden trade or were prepared to offer several of the picks from the James Harden trade back to the Nets. That reporting was done by my guy Mike Scotto at Hoops Hype, who does – Great work, but the Nets have maintained, you know, through this whole season and leading up to the trade deadline that they don't have any plans to move bridges right now. Now, a lot of people thought that there was, if there was one scenario that could get them to rethink that position, it would be the Rockets calling up and offering them their picks back, which would allow them to go into a proper rebuild. But, you know, for at least for now, their intent on keeping bridges and building in his window He's got two years left on his contract, around $24 million per year. So that's one of the better value deals in the league. So they're not in a rush to make a decision on him right now. They can kind of wait it out this summer, try to find a star to bring in you know, next to him to take that next step back towards contention, whether that's a guy like Donovan Mitchell who's been linked to them or whoever, trying to take that next step. And if they're not able to find that guy, they're still going to have bridges under contract and they could look – to reevaluate, you know, maybe at this time next year. But the risky run with that is, you know, those draft picks from Houston could not be on the possibly not be on the table at that point if they look to make another move. So a little bit of a risk right now, but you know, they're looking to stay competitive. They don't want to go into a full rebuild at this point. Yeah, yeah. I know they want to make a move to potentially challenge and uh we got a little glimpse of Ben Simmons a couple nights ago and of course he's already back on the injured list. Uh, I saw you report that Embiid is not going to play. Uh, when the Nets face the Sixers coming up, and I don't expect Ben Simmons to play. But, you know, I think when we saw Ben Simmons on the floor, you realize they need a facilitator, they need a point guard. And I also saw you report on the Lakers, and there's a bunch of Nets fans that love D'Angelo Russell still 
What do you think about a potential trade worked out with the Lakers to send D'Lo back to Brooklyn and then also send maybe Dorian Finney-Smith or Spencer Dinwiddie back home or Dorian Finney-Smith to that team, to, back to the Western Conference to help bolster the Lakers? They're on their way here next to face the Knicks. Yeah, the Lakers, you know, are, are an interesting team, and they've been mentioned repeatedly in connection with, you know, the Nets guys, their veterans, Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal, Spencer Dinwiddie. And there's actually a couple of interesting scenarios that could play out with the Lakers because the Lakers and the Nets both have interest in DeJounte Murray from Atlanta, but Atlanta doesn't want to take back D'Angelo Russell in a trade because they don't want to take back any money past this year. Russell has a player option next season. And then the Nets have Spencer Dinwiddie, who's on an expiring contract this year. So that puts them in a little bit of an advantageous position. It kind of opens two doors for routes they could go of, they could, you know, make an aggressive offer for Murray and try to get him and outbid the Lakers. But right now the Hawks are asking for two first-round picks, and that's don't want to meet that price. The second route is they could look to just swap Dinwiddie for D'Angelo Russell, bring him back home, not have to give up any picks, and then that would allow the Lakers and the Hawks to potentially work out a trade with Murray going to, you know, uh, Los Angeles. So it's kind of two paths that they potentially could be looking at. Do they want to – give up one or potentially two draft picks and make an aggressive bid for DeJounte Murray? Or would they rather take a little bit more of a stopgap option and D'Angelo Russell bring him back while retaining their draft capital? So you got that side of it. Then you also have Dorian Finney-Smith and Royce O'Neal. You know, the Los Angeles Lakers are, you know, bottom five team in the NBA in three-point shooting right now. Not what you want to have alongside Anthony Davis and LeBron James. So Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal, two guys on very good contracts, you know, reasonable numbers that they could bring in feasibly and look to add some shooting and 3 and D potential around those guys. Lakers only have one draft pick, first-round pick in 2029 to offer. But they also have Russell, Rui Hachimura, guys like Jalen Huchifino, a first-round pick from this past year. So there's some stuff to work with there, and it sounds like there's a fair amount of smoke surrounding the Nets and the Lakers potentially working out a deal with all those names involved. Yeah, and I was completely wrong about the Lakers tonight, right? They rested Kate, uh, they rested yep. AD and they rested LeBron, and I'm like, oh, well, they're, they're not going to beat the Celtics with or without them. They go up to TD Garden and get a win, and now they're going to come to you know the Garden with LeBron and AD rested, and, and we'll see what shakes out with that. Uh, we're on the phone right now with Eric Slater, who covers the Brooklyn Nets from Clutch Points. Eric, we'll definitely have you back on, and I definitely got to get you on talking Nets, but I'm not going to bury the lead. We got calls coming in, Knicks fans. You know, they want the floor and they deserve it. Uh, the last question I'll have for you here is, you know, looking at the Garden tonight and seeing Jalen Brunson getting that crowd going, and obviously the Knicks have been in the middle of Manhattan forever, and <laughs> talking about that arena compared to Barclays Center, there's no conversation. But you were in Barclays Center last night, and uh, one of my biggest gripes or issues is just that I feel like we have a confused fan base. I feel like we, we have some fans now. The, the Nets world was built, but, like, a guy comes back in like Kevin Durant, and there was so much fanfare. I feel like there were fans in there that switched out their Brooklyn Nets Kevin Durant jersey for a Phoenix one. I feel like there were Nets fans that were just sad and disappointed and compromised by the whole situation. They didn't even know how to boo the guy. There were soft boos, and there were reports coming out of there that you know the ushers and security said not to boo him. Can you speak to what the atmosphere was like watching Kevin Durant's return in Barclays Center last night? Yeah, well, you know, the Nets gave KD his tribute video against his wishes, of course. You know, I must add. But he was cheered during pregame introductions, but I will say that there was a lot of purple in the crowd, you know, at that game early. Then once the game got underway, he was booed, you know, nothing crazy, nothing too spirited, like you said. 
So I'd say, you know, a mixed reaction, you know, to KD. But it's the case, you know, I've been to every Nets home game this season. It's the case when they play a big team, whether, you know, now it's the Knicks, you know, that's Crosstown, so that's different. But the Celtics, the Lakers, whoever they're playing, there's a lot of traveling fans from the other team because, you know, this is a Nets team that's struggling right now. And frankly, there's not a ton of intrigue with where they're at. They're 6-18 and 18 over their last 24 games. So there's going to be a lot of, you know, traveling fans or a lot of just bandwagon fans of other franchises in the crowd during yep. that game. I think that was definitely the case last night. And KD put on a show. So, you know, there were some Nets fans booing, you know, early in the game, but he got going. And I don't know if those boos turned to cheers or if the Suns fans just got louder, but there were definitely some cheers down the stretch of that game. And, I think a confused fan base is a good way to put it because, you know, Durant had a complicated exit from the Nets, obviously was the guy who played really hard when he was on the floor, but also brought some big names with him in Kyrie Irving and James Harden and was unable to manage those personalities and then asked out when it all came flaming down. So, you know, some fans might have trouble reconciling a guy who was the best player probably to ever put on a Nets uniform, not the best net, but the best player and who did incredible things on the floor, but who also had a messy exit and ultimately didn't accomplish anything near the goal of what he set out for when he came to the team. So an interesting night, but one that played out, you know, reasonably as I would have expected. Yeah, sad state of affairs right now for the Brooklyn Nets, Barkley Center, and Brooklyn Nets fans. The arena sells out, but there's a lot of casuals. The arena sells out, and there's always rival fans in there. And when the team isn't winning and the product on the court has minimal superstars or no superstars, minimal stars and no wins, this is what you get. And I think the owner and the GM, they're they're stuck in it right now. We'll see what moves they make at the deadline. Eric, I'm definitely going to have you on again, and uh, I'll text you about joining us on Talking Nets. But like I said, we got to get out of the way. I'm no fool. I've been doing this long enough. It's time to get the Knicks fans on the radio. Thanks for joining us tonight. I appreciate you, man. 877-337, a 6-6. And two more sixes. We've got Knicks fans on hold that want to talk about what they saw at the Garden tonight. Jalen Brunson and that performance without Julius Randle, OG Ananobi, and Quentin Grimes knocking off the Pacers tonight. Keith McPherson on the fan. We'll take this break and we'll get right back to it after this. All right, big win. The Knicks knocked down the Pacers 109-105 at the Garden. Keith McPherson on the fan. We're going to check in with the Knicks fans that were either at the game or at home watching the game. That's a nine-game win streak. The Knicks are the third seed in the East at 32-17. Five games out of first. The Celtics lose tonight. And they'll face the Lakers, who knocked them off, coming up on Saturday. I mean, everybody's going to be watching that. You got LeBron stardom, AD, the uh, in-season tournament champions coming to face the Knicks in the Garden, and they're rolling. I don't see how you could hate them. I don't see how you could knock them. They did it without Julius Randle, OG Ananobi, and Quentin Grimes, and let's hear what the fans say. I don't remember a time like this in recent memory where the Knicks have looked this good. I think they've put the league on notice, and uh, I think you notice there's something different about the new-look Knicks. EJ is in East Meadow, New York. EJ, you're on the fan. Thank you so much for taking the call. I'm 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 going to try to keep it quiet because my wife's sleeping on the train next to me. She literally fell in love with the Knicks tonight. I've 
been telling her for a long time. I've been I watched every game. I remember 1994. I'm 45 years old. I'm telling you, um, no, I'm not going to go out on a limb and predict any kind of championships in this that, and the third because I didn't think it three games before. But the 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 the, the energy in the garden like has never felt this way. This team, whatever they have to do. I don't care if it's this week, if we got to wait till next year, whatever, because I trust Leon Rose. Whatever they do, whatever they need to do, if it's one more piece, if it's not, because I don't even want to break up the chemistry, as I was telling your producer, whatever they do, I completely trust. 155%. This team is completely brand new, and it starts with JB, man. Jalen Brunson is a problem, and nobody even knew. <laughs> I think somebody knew. They signed him. Somebody had hoped. I don't well, think anybody I, I, knew he'd be like this, but somebody hoped. They, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, no, nah, nobody no, knew he'd no be break. like this. Nobody knew he'd be like this. I, and I'm thinking, like, we get Luka Doncic's replacement, and I, you know, I, I could count on my hands how many times the Knicks face the Mavs. You don't see that, but when you, I mean, it's his team and, now. And they fought. He's the guy now. Like, He's they, an All Star. Yeah, and, and but it, and and even when he was off the one of six to start, and then you know the whole garden's quiet, and then the next thing you know, it's like 1994 again. But the difference is he, he, he I, he's a warrior I don't know man. What, when he didn't get the call when he got hit in the face, you know that could have been the moment where the whole team goes left and the game unravels. Instead, he rose to the occasion, still got buckets completely. Precious Achua, Hartenstein. Josh Hart hustling, and and they probably would have blown. They probably would have blown. I'm, I'm sorry to, to interject. They probably would have. Um, they probably would have had a more competitive game if the refs helped a little bit. But the fact that he he cried a little bit as NBA players do. But the whole it, it was tonight was tonight was tonight was a little special. It was more. It was more than just the Charlotte Hornets who stink and, and are hurt. It was more than the Utah Jazz who were on a six-game uh, losing. Sh- or, I'm sorry, uh, road trip. It, 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 tonight was a little different. No, Keith, it was one, a test. One real quick, you were doing you were doing your doggone thing over there, man. So I've been a fan since Susan opened up the uh, um, opened up the station. You're doing your thing, man. Appreciate Make it. Sure that, yeah, Thank you. Sure I'm, you I'm glad that you got to share that experience with your wife and you got to see that live. And she, you called she, the fan, and that's part of it as well. Good. Yeah. You picked the right night to go early Valentine's Day gift. Yeah, exactly. Instead of her looking at everybody's butt on the football field, she's absolutely <laughs> now in love with the NBA. Go figure. <laughs> Great call, EJ. Get home safe. Have a good night. 87-7-33-7-66-66. When I looked at the box score, I'm like, okay, uh, they didn't shoot better than the Pacers. Uh, they definitely didn't have the three-point game going tonight. They didn't shoot the three better. They got to the free throw line and shot better. But as I was watching the game, I saw um, the coach getting at the refs. I saw the players kind of like, I, I feel like the refs probably had the Pacers, but you overcome that. That's the thing about them. They're not making excuses. I've watched the Knicks for years fold. I've watched the Knicks for years have excuses. Oh, well, we're missing this guy. We're missing that guy. Uh, or blow leads. They were down. And you just knew watching the game that they were going to come back. And if they came back in the fourth quarter with everybody on their feet in the garden, they they, they were going to get the win. That's nine in a row. Charlie's in Queens. Charlie, you're on the fan. Uh, Keith, just from a fellow Bleacher creature, I know I'm a Knicks fan, 
I'm going to send love to the Nets and hope you get better soon. But this is the best the Knicks have been since Allen Houston and Spreewell. And I'm just enjoying the moment and basking in it. And that's all I got to say with that call. And thank you and have a good night. Thank you, Charlie. Uh, Creatures will be back at it soon, man. I'll see some of you guys at the Pinstripe Pride event tomorrow and Saturday at American Dream. I mean, uh, I'm a Nets fan, and I enjoyed the back and forth over the years. And you got to understand that, like, I'm also a, a sports fan, an NBA fan, a New Yorker. Like, I'm not going to hate on this. I'm not going to come in with some type of take or some type of way to twist this as if it's not special. It is. And it's not about me. It's not about the Brooklyn Nets. It's about New York City, the basketball team that plays in the middle of the city, and the chemistry that they have, what they're doing right now. It, it's 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 special. It's different. Uh, I don't recall a run like this in recent history. And like I said, the fact that they're doing like they have every excuse to say, oh, well, Randall is out. Oh, we just traded for OG. Oh, man, Quentin Grimes is hurt as well. We're missing three guys that we depend on to play. No, you've got this guy in Jalen Brunson that he's, he's just – Eye of the Tiger, he's a champ. Like I, I, I went back to that viral video of his dad training him and pushing him for moments like this. This is a guy that took on the challenge. When everybody else ducks New York, when everybody else is scared to put on that jersey, they love to play in the Garden as a visiting team. They love to come to the Garden and put up numbers as the uh, you know on the other side. No, this guy from this area grew up and said, no, I'm going to be the point guard. I'm going to take on the challenge. I'm going to lead the Knicks back to prominence, and you're watching it every single night. Let's go to my guy Mario in Long Beach, always on the fan. What's happening? Wow, I'm so happy about the Knicks tonight. We need it. That's another thing too, right? Like Even with the Yankees, with the Corbin Burns trade, I'm like, oh, here we go with the Orioles. and you know, like The football team's terrible. We're, we're just tearing down the Jets because we, we know everything that's going on inside the building. We don't know, know what's going know. on with the Giants, right? The Rangers have taken a step back, and here come the Knicks. Yep, and you know what's really amazing? Watching that game, I knew Brunson was good, but when he got hit in the face, he really showed that pit bull mentality. Uh, just instead of, like, you know, getting mad, maybe missing a shot, he just came back and said, you know what, I'm just going to take the game over right now. Yeah, there's that a lot of crybabies in this mentality. league. There's a lot of players that are soft in this league that if yes. that happened to them and they didn't get a call, they'd be done. They'd shut it down the rest of the game. Yes. That you pissed know, him off. That inspired him. That motivated you know, him. You know, so player in this in the league who has the most talent and doesn't have that pit bull mentality is Anthony Davis. He's a perfect example. You're about to see him soon. He's no, but to... you agree? He, he doesn't have that pit bull no, at he's, all. He doesn't have the dog in him. For his size and his ability, I, I, don't, I haven't seen him really get too mad or too frustrated where he just takes it out on the rim or whoever's trying to check him. Uh, Brunson is half his size. But he's going to get to the rack. He's going to lay it in. He's going to, man, he found a shot tonight. He put up 40 points tonight. Oh, my God. And, like, he did not have it from three. And they were not getting certain calls. And, like I said, they had every reason to fold. They're not folding. They're not losing let in the me garden. Ask you one, let me ask you one thing, and then I'll let you go. And thanks for taking my call. It's always a pleasure speaking with you. Um, I think right now, I, I, I don't think I can pick one point guard in the league that I like better than Brunson. Could you? Right now, the way he's playing right now, the some, last 20 games. Some, some would say the guy that was on the other side in Tyrese Halliburton. Not me. Uh, Damian Lillard got the nod over him. No, no him. This, that's what I'm saying. I also think he's got a chip on his shoulder because he did kind of get snubbed here with the all-star thing, right? Obviously, it's just the way that it, it, it went with the voting. But, like, this is a guy saying, all right, cool, I'm an all-star reserve. I, I thought I'd be a potential starter this year. Well, like, I, all I can do is control what I can control. 
and that's going out there on the floor every night and proving it. You can't control voting. You can't control fans nationwide, globally, and what they're doing. Um, but he can control his team. He can control his performance. And yeah, man, he's one last on. thing. Did you? I know you were on the air. Did you hear him speak after the game? No, I didn't hear him speak. But I was reading Twitter because I try to keep up with like Fred okay. Katz and Christian Winfield and Ian Begley. The fans were chanting MVP. What? What did he say? No, no, he was so humble. The guy was asking him, "What do you yeah, think about his... your performance?" He was trying to get into and and you know he almost started crying. I saw tears coming to his eyes because I don't I don't want to talk about it. So he's such a he's such a class. His dad individual. raised him right. His mom too, and and you could just tell this kid is, is built for it, and he's living his dream, and and it's making so many people in this city happy and proud. I, yeah, I can't wait to get to uh, to Evan about it. we have a top five player, so cut that crap about top five. <laughs> Evan might be listening right now. Thanks for yeah. the call, Mario. I mean, he's so humble. He knows that it was his forty that eventually, obviously, is the difference. But you got to give a nod to an Isaiah Hartenstein who was a plus nine with 12 points, 19 rebounds. You got to give a nod to Precious Achua who had a monster tip back that just like uh, shook the place. That's a Bronx kid. That's a New York kid. Talk about living the dream and inspiring people right here. Like he had 12 points. He was a plus seven. He had two blocks, four steals, 16 rebounds. Right? I mean, Josh Hart. Like, Josh Hart is I, – I didn't know Josh Hart had the dog in him that he has, the hustle in him that he has. I saw him over the years, former Laker, Portland Trailblazer. He had 12 rebounds, three assists. And, no, he's not going to run it up for points, but you've got enough guys to score. He had five points. DiVincenzo, with a solid 20 points, not going off for 30 like he was, but whatever. Like, this, these guys are getting it done, and they are understaffed. They are undermanned. They don't have their full complement of guys. That was a test, and they passed the test with flying colors. And if I'm the Pacers, I'm like, well, damn, we came in here and lost to them without Julius Randle, without OG, without Quentin Grimes. Like, that's a reality check right now as we step into the month of February. How many months till we get to the playoffs? Bruce in Flushing on the fan in New York. Hey, Keith. Uh some Nick points, and if we have time, I'll comment on the burn on the uh, burn trade. First on the Yanks, um, on the um, Knicks. Number one, Brunson is one of the best. He's top five plays in the league, and that's a fact. Number two, this trade with OG is so brilliant. This might bring us a championship. So not only did we get OG, we got Precious who was a terror off the boards. And this is a guy who can play five or a four spot. Yeah. And even the, 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 the guard as a third guy can fill in some minutes. Sure. So this trade may bring us a championship, if not this year, then the next couple of years. And this team reminds me of the Red Holtzman teams of 69 and 73. They're smart. They play intelligent basketball. And the reason why I compare them to the Red Holzman teams rather than the 94 team is because I think this team has a little more offensive capabilities than the 94 team. 
your comments if we have time to yank your comments. Yeah, you got to give a nod to all of these guys stepping in that haven't even been here for a while. You know, even Malachi Flynn, Precious Achua, I'm happy for him coming home, playing in the garden, doing what he's doing. Even Miles McBride, who played 29 minutes, a plus 10, gave you 16. There was a point late in the game where he was missing, missing threes, and I'm like, hey, stop shooting, bro. There's like two, three guys that should be doing the scoring right now, and they, they do it as a team. Uh, we got to mention, uh, you know, Tom Thibodeau, the coach. It seems like he has the nucleus of players. Uh, we we had Joe Varden on who talked about his style of coaching and his old school approach. It works with these guys. He's got three guys that played for Jay Wright. He's got a complement of guys now that just seem like like they fit. What What's your uh, comment on the Corbin Burns trade for the people that are on hold that want to tap in on Corbin Burns to the Orioles? We talked about it before. We're going to get back to it for sure. I respectfully disagree with you. The Yankees had the pitching talent to make this trade. For whatever reason, Brian Cashman didn't give what oh, they well, wanted to give. Hey, don't think I'm trying to absolve Brian Cashman. I'm just I'm looking at the deal for Juan Soto and thinking that the 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 Brewers probably wanted a Michael King or they probably wanted somebody that stepped up in the major league level and the Yankees have Clayton Beater. The Yankees have um Will Warren, Luke Will Weaver, Warren. like these guys that I don't think those are those are guys that are they don't throw as hard as this uh, DJ Hall. They throw they throw up in nineties. They yeah, throw up in nineties. I said that too, Bruce. I'm like everybody throws hard now, but it, you know what? There's a Yankees tax, and I also speak on Brian Cashman and and his arrogance and the way that he approached the media and the way that he carries himself. Nobody wants to help the Yankees add another trophy to their case. And when it comes to Brian Cashman dealing with him and dealing with the Yankees, the Brewers much rather see the lowly Orioles that tanked for years, the lowly Orioles that just got Cal Ripken in a new ownership group. They're saying, all right, Corbin Burns don't want to be here anyway. We don't care. You guys will pay him now that you got billionaires. Here you go. It'll be interesting to see what Hal does now. And I'm saying Hal because I think he's hands are firmly on this team right now. Does he give the money? Um to Blake's now? No. Does he up the ante to get either Jesus Lorado or Cease? be very interesting to see how he reacts because last night I was talking to Chris and there was a, a, a tweet by um, Bob Kaplis saying the Yankee game plan was to wait for Corbin Burns and to trade for him right. at the trade deadline. Well, that thing is now gone. Let's see what Hal does, and let's see if he steps up to the plate. Let's see. Thanks for the call, Bruce. Let's go to Dave in Brooklyn. He's been holding for a while. You got it, Dave. Hey, uh, um, listen, I you know I hear what you're saying about the Yankee tax and all that, and I agree with you. Nobody wants to help the Yankees, but I'm going to flat out say this, and this, this goes for every Mets fan and every Yankees fan in New York City or everywhere. The Yankees and Mets do not want to win this year. If, first of all, let me start with the Mets. If you're a Mets fan, you should be even more angry than you ever were in the past because now you have the money, okay, and you're not winning. And, 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 and I mean, and you're not spending. And I understand he got, you know, uh, what's his name? Cohen got burned with Verlander and Scherzer last year. So what? So what? He, he also dodged the bullet with Correa. It's time to start spinning. As far as the Yankees getting so, Soto, 
Soto was just to bring us back to baseline. We needed Soto just to be the Yankees again. And there is no reason why. If they couldn't get Burns, they've got to get the other free agents. There's free agents all over the place. You know who they are. And we've got to get the stars here. And, and if they don't sign these stars, then they simply do not want to win. And I refuse to watch this team if Hal does not get these, these key players. That's it. End of story. Thanks for the call, Dave. We got to go to break, but I can't even counter all the things that he just rolled out there that I don't agree with. That it's like I get we're frustrated as fans. I, I can't say that either franchise doesn't want to win. There's an approach here. Clearly, the Mets changed their philosophy. We can't say anything about Steve Cohen to start spending money. Look at the money he still got on the books. Um, to say, okay, you don't get Co- Corbin Burns, you got to pivot to other free agents. Corbin Burns not a free agent. That was a trade that we just heard maybe two weeks ago that the Brewers were not going to move him. And then when something like this happens, of course we all overreact, myself included, to say, hey, how come we could have done that? But then you got to think about it. Like, I-, I keep throwing out little things, all right, whether it's Cal Ripken, whether it's it's the the prospects that they gave up that they liked. What, what really pissed me off is, like, I'm like, bro, they gave up two 25-year-olds, one pitcher, one uh, second baseman shortstop, and then a, a pick in the draft? The Yankees couldn't have done that? No, the Yankees couldn't have done that, clearly. And we'll never know. We never know about these things. We don't know what, what Brian Cashman was willing to do or not do. We don't know if David Stearns talked to his old buddies over there. Corbin Burns is an ace, a Cy Young winner, that was disgruntled last year during arbitration based on what the Milwaukee Brewers had to say about him. He was never signing long-term with, with them. He, he he hit arbitration for $15 million. That's a guy that I had hoped that the Yankees got at the deadline that's off the board now and he goes to a rival it is what it is but I can't say that these teams don't want to win I can't say that they got to start spending money they're spending hundreds of millions of dollars you can't have everybody and it takes two to tango so a trade is a trade between two partners maybe they they didn't like what Brian Cashman had maybe they didn't want Clayton Beater maybe they, you know what I'm saying we, we got an hour to go left in my show coming up my Casamigos big shot of the night Taking your calls mostly on the Knicks, probably on Corbin Burns, and whatever else you want to talk about in this last hour. It's open mic. KM to AM returns right after this. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.